Hey, let's start the show. It's February 22nd, 2013. Welcome to This Is Only a Test, the official podcast of Tested.com. I'm Will Smith. Joining me, uh, Mr. Chan. How are you doing today, sir? Uh, I'm doing all right. Norman Chan. <clears throat> I'm uh, not feeling sick anymore. That's good. That's good. I am. Uh, I'm feeling, uh, you know, much better as well. Um, Lost a little weight. Uh, a couple of ounces at most, but they were pus-filled, gross ounces. So, um, do you want to talk about that now, or you want to save that for the outtakes at the end? You want to. You want to wait to but hear no, about let's, it. Let's, it's let's, it's real gross. Let's, let's hear about it. So, uh, since we last spoke. Um, I went home on a weekend. We, you and I have spoken since then, but I went home on Saturday and, uh, you know, enjoyed a, a weekend after the first kind of couple of days back at work. And mm-hmm. on Saturday night, I developed what I would describe as the worst stomach ache I've ever had in my life. After you broke a toilet. I broke the toilet handle. Yeah. Okay. I, so I broke the handle off the toilet and I was like, well, we, were, only, were we have one bathroom. Correlated? No, 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 no relation. Uh, we have one bathroom, so like having no functioning toilet is a is a real bad thing. Because break having the worst stomachache in your life and breaking a toilet often or correlated. But this was before the stomachache. Okay, the stomachache was a, just a hint of a stomachache at this point. So I went out to a rumbling, like Home Depot. And would I, you describe it as a rumbling? Um, you know, it felt like mild indigestion. It felt like maybe I eaten it. Maybe I had a burrito for lunch, and instead of eating two thirds of the burrito, which would have been wise, I ate the whole burrito. A loosening of your intestinal. There was tract? no loosening of the bowels. No. Okay. Um, intestinal track. We're going to get right into this. I apologize right. in advance. So I, uh, I went to Home Depot and I stopped and got diapers and stuff like that because it seems like two-thirds of my life now is Home going Depot? to get diapers. No, no. I, Home Depot and Target are right next to each other. Okay. So I got diapers at Target and, and a toilet handle at Home Depot. I bet Target has toilet handles. But anyway, as I was leaving Home Depot, this, the, the, the mild discomfort started to escalate to what I would call a pretty bad stomachache. Um, kind of constant throbbing in the center of the stomach, centered under the navel and going over to the right side. Sometimes when you have a really bad stomach ache, you know it will pass. This seemed like it could have been gas. You know it will pass. Yes. Like, you know that it's just build up to a, a big flush. At this point, I was, I was looking forward to what I felt would probably one of, one of the great farts of my lifetime. Okay. Right? Like, I felt like that was probably on deck. Anticipation. Yeah. Something to look forward to. But as I was driving home, it kept getting worse and worse until by the time I got home, I like I was not quite doubled over yet. But I was, you know, like I, I fixed the toilet because I was like, shit, if I die and the toilet's broken, Gene is going to be really pet- yeah. pissed off at they're, me. The whole good thing you have diapers. Yeah, exactly. Well, they're, they're not they're not human sized. They're just baby sized. Okay. Um, they're not astronaut diapers or anything like that. Uh, so I fixed the toilet and then I immediately skipped dinner and I went and laid down on the bed and tried to get comfortable enough to like sleep thinking I'd wake up and it would feel better. Spicy foods because no, spicy foods. I'd eat nothing. Spicy nothing foods bad. Spicy can help you when you have a uh, stomach flu or stomach problem. Um, yeah, but at this point I kind of thought I'd had food poisoning or something like that. It felt like a food poisoning stomach ache at this point. So you. Uh, this is at eight o'clock. You want to night. wait that out or do you want to get that out of your system? At, at this point I eat some Tums and some Pepto Bismol in, in fairly separated thinking maybe that'll help. And then I just try try to find a find a comfortable way to lay for three or four hours. Okay. Wow. 
awfully good excuse for a, a, a new father. At this point, Gina's pretty pissed off at me, I'm pretty sure. She's, she's, she's thinking, yeah, this is, you just don't want to change any more diapers tonight, you asshole. I'm going to, I'm on to this. So about midnight, she finishes the feed before she comes to bed. And, and, um, and, uh, and I said, you know, I think maybe we should call the nurse line on the insurance card. Wow. I was like, that, that, the decision to do that is a big decision. It is a huge decision. Cause it's like, that's like, because as, as men typically do, we want to wait it out. I want it to get better. You, you don't need, yeah. I get better on my own. I don't course. need outside help. Of course. So you're inconveniencing everyone. It is a major inconvenience. Everyone. And, and when and, you decide to call the emergency line. So I called the emergency line. Uh, I couldn't talk at this point. Like I couldn't wow. make coherent sentences. So Gina, <laughs> Gina is like plus sign doctor. Gina's asking questions medic. and I'm like giving like e, one to 10 medic. with fingers. Right. Um, and uh, I don't remember a lot of this. So the, the nurse says well, you should call your, your GP and, and his on call because it's a big practice and there's an on call doctor all mm-hmm. the time. And the on-call doctor said, why don't you come and come to the emergency room and we'll, we'll check it out and make, just make sure everything is okay. Cause it could be food poisoning, it could be appendicitis, could be a whole bunch of different things, varying levels of badness. So at which point in your brain you're thinking at this point, I'm thinking I, hopefully they'll just give me big painkillers. Like I'm just, I just want relief from pain at this point. Um, Release the valves. Anything would to make this feel better. Uh, so then we load up the, we have to load up the baby. Because you can't leave the baby in the, in the cage at home no. or anything. It's frowned upon. Um, and I say we in the most like the g- most generous sense of the word. You stumbled to the car. I kind of went and laid in the back of the car, around the car seat, and Gina snapped it into place with me there. Um, and then we had the reverse high-speed drive to the hospital. Because like Gina was induced when we had the baby, so we didn't get to do the, oh, God, I'm in labor. We've got to get to the hospital as fast as possible drive. Convenient, leisurely stroll to the hospital. Yeah, we just drove like, it was like normal speed. We stopped and got some food, you know. Cheers and noise pops and everyone's happy. Reminiscing. Yeah. Like, are you going to be sad to not be pregnant anymore? Kind of yes, kind of no, it turns out. I feel like I'm going to die. And this was this was the... The thing that nobody tells you about labor, apparently, is that if you're driving to the hospital, you don't want a bumpy ride when you're in labor because it's already uncomfortable and more bumps. Is com- this was the exact same thing. I was driving. To, I was riding in the back of the car, screaming at her every time she hit a fucking pothole. Like, like it was it was real dark. And what time was this? Uh, by this point, it was probably one o'clock in the morning, oh, maybe one thirty. OK, so we got to the hospital. Some of the problems of living in Pacifica. Yeah, I mean, we could have gone to the crappy hospital down by us, but I'd rather go to the hospital with, A, the doctor that I is know. Is the crappy hospital in Pacifica also double as the pet hospital? No, it is not also a veterinary clinic. Okay. Um, so, yeah, we get there. They make me wait in the entry for a long time, even though there's nobody fucking around. Um, and uh, finally, as I'm as they're like doing the, the interview, when you, I don't know if you've ever been to the emergency room before. I, this is my first trip. Oh, so. oh yeah, 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 of course, yeah, yeah. You went, you went the same place I went when I sprained my leg. Yes, sprained my ankle. So you go in, you sit in this little chair, and they weigh you and take your blood pressure, and they kind of check your pupil dilation and stuff, and then they ask you a bunch of questions. How are you high? Yeah. <laughs> How high are you on a scale of one to ten? At this point, I started feeling a lot better. I was like, oh. man, I am the biggest wuss in the world. Oh, maybe I just had like the worst case of gas ever. And the nurse is like, oh yeah, you know, could be, could be, could be. Let's take some blood and we'll check some stuff out. And why don't you go back and lay down on the little beds in the back and and you know we'll if send I your wife you back. here. How how painful is it? Prodding, um, lots of prodding. Yeah, there was a lot of poking. Okay, a lot of poking. Um, but even at that point, the poking wasn't that bad. I mean, one of the things we learned in this is that I have a pretty high pain threshold. Um. 
so they drew blood. They did. I laid in the room. They sent Gina and the baby home because there's no reason to have the baby in the flu flu riddled yeah. emergency room in the wee of hours of the morning. I was going to be there. I had to get a cat scan, so I was going to be there for three or four hours anyway. Um, and then they did the cat scan, and and they're like, "Oh yeah, you absolutely." I want to imagine what Gina was like on the drive back. Home. I can't imagine it was good. Lots of head shaking and lots of talking to the baby. Well, no, at this point, at this point, the so when I talked to the attending in the ER. The attending basically said, look, you are showing all the classic signs of appendicitis. Mm. So it, it, if you do not have this, I will be really stunned. Um, and at that point, we just have to get the CAT scan to confirm. Okay. Um, have you ever had a CAT scan before? Uh, no. So this is a this is a weird experience. Is it like the MRI machine where you just go in, and it's in not, the tube? It's like a donut. It's not like a it's not like a tube. It's not a coffin. It's a donut. It was much more pleasant than Does the an donut MRI. go around you or do you go in the donut? you go in and out of the donut. It's like you're it's like you're why, on a three D printer tray and you're going back and forth. Why haven't we got, gotten to the point where the donut moves around you and you stay still? I think they can probably control you better than they can. the donut looked really big. It has like the donut looked like it had um, a bunch of spinny stuff. With magnets and stuff hanging off of it. In the interest of patient health, would it make more sense to move the donut? Moving the sled was very pleasant. It was a it was a gentle movement. Gyro. Uh, it was all. It was the smoothest moving surface I've ever laid on. Probably. Like if you imagine like one of those mechanic sleds, mm-hmm. and think about it being on rails and being sure. the smoothest experience ever. It was like that. Okay. Um, so they inject you with something that's I assume mildly radioactive or something. Some some isotope. I didn't ever look it up. But the weird thing about that is when you get the injection. You feel warm in areas that are have highly concentrated with blood vessels. Like you get a warm genital feeling when you get the like it feels like you're going to pee, kind of in a real weird way when yeah. you when you get the cat scan. Cat scan shiver. It, it was it was super bizarre. Okay. So anyway, long story short, um, they checked me into the hospital after the cat scan, uh, sent me upstairs, and I met the surgeon that afternoon. Had my appendix out on like Sunday afternoon so a couple weeks ago. How, what is the process of removing an appendix? Um, so the the so when you sign the waiver that says, "Hey, here's what we're going to do," they say there's two things. The the we're going to start out doing this laparoscopically, which means they'll cut anywhere from one to four holes depending on on the position of your appendix and stuff like that. Um, and they do the same thing for gallbladder removal and a bunch of other abdominal surgery. Uh, if it doesn't go well or if they find some complication or something, something they have to do something, then you also have to sign the consent for the open uh, appendectomy procedure, which is when they, they've already done the laparoscopic holes, but then they just cut like a four-inch incision right at the spot it's and the same, do same it the hole. old school way. Um, so, the, so for me, the two, I have three holes. Two, one is like in the pub region. One is maybe three inches above that, and one is right across the bottom of my belly button. Why did you need three holes? Um, I, think, I think they're for lights and air. Oh my god! So what they do is they inflate you. They they open these holes and then they Pump. blow a bunch of air in there, and then you get bloated. Yeah, the, she like he the, said the cavity in your body gets bloated. He said literally you blow up like a balloon and you will look like you're pregnant by really? the end that of the much a ton. Did, um, were you awake for this at all? Fuck no, I was totally oh unconscious. My god, that awesome. would be really disturbing. It's a lot of open air inside. You. Um, well, I, I have pictures, and the pictures are like of a cavity. Like there's. A, there's a pocket of air around the affected area. How did they area. take pictures or did they offer? Well, it's a lapar- I asked. I was like, oh, hey, okay. I want to see pictures when you're doing this. You know? And mm-hmm. he, he, he's, he's a... Pr- press he, print screen on the monitor? Yeah, exactly. And he's familiar with, oh, okay. um, with uh, our work and, and, of course, Jamie and Adam's work. Um, so, <laughs> so they do this. The procedure took probably, I don't know, general anesthesia. So I have no idea. I went to sleep and woke up super, super drunk. You know, when you have general anesthesia, you... You feel real good when you come out, but I don't remember anything from pretty much the rest of Sunday afternoon. Um, 
they they uh, ended up being able to do the whole thing laparoscopically. The incision on the belly button is like maybe an inch and a half or two inches long, and the other ones are like fractions of an in inch. In the belly button. In the belly. I can show you. No. Nope. You want to see? Uh, nope. Nope. Look, nope. Can, nope. It's right here. Nope, oh, nope, look. Nope, it's nope, all covered in neosporin nope. and oozing weird nope, substances. Nope. Um, and then I was in the hospital. I've never been in the hospital before. I mean, like I've been in the hospital for other people. You've never been a patient. I've never been a patient in a modern urban hospital. It is so. This is a this is a Catholic hospital because it's St. Mary's. Um, what does that what does that mean? It means that a lot of the nurses are nuns. Okay, which is a little. But they're not wearing nun outfits. Yes, yes, no. they do. Some of them wear nun outfits. Some of them wear like a nurse out. They don't wear scrubs. They wear like a they they'll wear like a Sister Teresa outfit, Mother no. Teresa outfit. Yes, yes. The night nurses. nurses. The night nurses were almost always nuns, like the ones that had the bad shift from midnight to, to eight a.m. and uh, and frequently they were wearing like not not like, they, like not like black candles? and white habits, like, but candles like, and like <laughs> no, it wasn't it wasn't like a <laughs> the pocket. There's no the, votives the, or anything okay, like that. Right. Um, no incense burning, but they were wearing like like nun nurse nun outfits. Okay, a different costume than the normal nurses. They could sense the heathen. Yeah, I mean, and then the Pope retired, so that happened while I was there. That was exciting. Um, the, wow. <laughs> the, uh, yeah. The thing, that, the thing that I didn't understand about the hospital is how quickly you lose all vanity. Like the, the – just there's no privacy. There's no, in, there's in no the body shame in the hospital. Everything's on display all the time. People come in, they're just like, hey, can I see? And you're like, yeah, okay, whatever. And you take up your little dress comes up and, you know, there you go. It was exciting. It was a fun weekend. I highly encourage everybody to never, ever do that if they can avoid it. Um, but the big takeaway for this is if you ever have pain, the thing the doctor, the thing the surgeon told me, and this is good advice. If you ever have pain that you would say is the worst pain you've ever felt in that area. And are not a pansy. Yeah, like, and it's not like the new, the first time you've ever, like, if you ever have a headache that's the worst headache you've ever had in your life, you should call your doctor. If you have a stomachache that's the worst stomachache you've ever felt in your life, you should call your doctor. All right. Yeah. So, um, you call your GP for, for, first? Or call, you call, I call my GP. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to call a gastrointestinal surgeon or something like that. The surgical floor. The other, the other takeaway from this for me is that, um, the, the floor that I was on, which was the surgical recovery floor, and I assume this is the same way in most hospitals, it was all old people. Like old, kind of in bad shape old people, not like healthy vitamin commercial old people. I don't ever, it, it has encouraged me in a profound way to take better care of myself. So I, I end up being a vitamin commercial old person, not a. Uh, you want to be a juice guy. Yeah, you, you, want, you want to be, you want to be uh, the guy from Seinfeld, uh, Lloyd, uh, not Lloyd Braun, um, uh, you know, the, the medicine ball guy. Frank, what's his name? Feats of Strength. Feats of Strength. You want to be that guy, not his, not not Uncle Leo and his son. Yeah, you you want to be the goal is to be a vitamin commercial old person riding around the country on a, on a big ridiculous motorcycle or driving around in an RV or something with really sharp eyebrows. Not Costanza's parents. Okay. Yeah. So Costanza's parents are uh, Ben Stiller's parents or his dad. Considered, yeah, Jerry Stiller. Jerry Stiller has a long and storied career. He's he's been working for a really long time. So, so did anything happen? So thus ended your, your trip to the hospital. So now I can't lift anything for a month, which is really awesome when you have a, a brand new baby at home. You can't, you can't hold your baby? I can hold. I can't lift. So like if she places so, the baby, you know how you, when you hold a baby, you put your arms out and expect somebody to lay the baby there? I can well, do no, that. You can, you can grab a baby. I can't. 
You, you cannot take a baby. I can take, but I can't like bend over and lift her out of the cradle or anything like that. Wow. Yeah, that's it sucks. It's wow. real bad. Wow. So like I can feed. Can you lift the milkshake? What? what, what? I can. I can. I can, I can take, take things off the table. I can. It, I have a weight limit, but it is very okay. low. Yeah. <laughs> um, and also, I'm not supposed to use my abs for anything. It turns out you <laughs> use your abs for everything. Like, you know, walking, standing, getting up out of bed. I have a new way that I get out of bed now. Is it a roll? Yeah, you roll onto your side and then you push up with your arm. So you, you roll you, onto the ground. You get onto your side and you and then you on use the side your, of the bed. No, no, onto your side. On, on, so on, if you're laying on your back, you can't just do a sit up to get up. Oh, so you get roll on over side? onto the, onto okay. your side and then you like you can use this stuff on the on the side of and your body you and push with, with the with the cross arm and then the the near arm. Wow, it's a real and then, specific and then thing. You got to pull it's up with arms. Yeah, Sister Angela taught me how to do that. That was that was. Like that was a traumatic. So all the time I'm in the hospital, I'm thinking, just yeah, don't flash the nuns, please don't flash the nuns. Yeah, it was raining. It was horrifying. I've already started blocking that. Um, this is a big tech news week. Kind of a lot of stuff happened. A bunch of stuff happened. Um, we should say Gary's on deadline this week, so he he is probably gone this week and next week. Maybe back the week after that is the hope. So, and we'll probably line up some guests for next week. Um, we were out of the office all yesterday. Yeah, we've been traveling. It was, it was, it, we wanted to make sure we could talk about PS4 stuff on this show, uh, but we were traveling yesterday and we couldn't do it on Wednesday afternoon. So, so on the 20th, yeah, two days ago, Wednesday, 3 p.m., Sony announced the PlayStation 4, maybe around yeah. 3 15 p.m. Pacific, 6 15 p.m. I, you know, I thought there was a like a six hour Eastern. window there of Sony press conference. It's hard to remember exactly so what that, time they talked about the exactly hardware. Exactly two hours. Um, so, there's a couple of really interesting things about this. There's a couple of things that I want to make sure we talk about. Okay. Um, The hardware, it seems like they've done a a much better job on hardware from a developer friendliness perspective than they have in the past. It's a fairly, it's not off the shelf exactly, but it's using x86 CPUs rather than something weird and custom Sony developed. Um, It's using uh, AMD's next gen compute cores, um, and a fair will have as a result a, a really impressive number of shader that? units compared to well, when you, know, you say next gen computer, computer core, you mean from the two and a half. Years I mean ago. the stuff that's the 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 current iteration of the the most recent iteration of the current lifecycle hardware for AMD. So last year, last week when you were off, we talked about um, Nvidia and AMD and the positions right now in the desktop. Um, the, the increasingly irrelevant desktop um, GPU no, space. Not, not irrelevant, but relative to uh, where growth is, uh, there's less growth, significantly less Those growth. are neither of those companies' core businesses anymore. Yes, but it's still a big moneymaker. Yeah, of course. Still, and it's still like no, neither company would like to exit the market like other companies have in the past. Well, they use the – thing, the thing about AMD and, and NVIDIA, especially NVIDIA, is that they use the, the, desktop, compu- the desktop GPU gaming market – to kind of do a pay R and D as an excuse to develop stuff for the future. So things that are in desktop GPUs today will be in Tigra four years from now. Um, the same way that Tigra stuff is based on scaled down, more power efficient versions of, of older GPUs. Somewhat. Yeah. Um, but desktop is still big. Uh, AMD and NVIDIA have been losing market share, not only uh, because there's less market all around, uh, on the PC graphics side, it's still strong, but also because Intel and integrated graphics are getting better. Yeah, so they're losing things like like mobile, yes. um, mobile, and really cheap PCs. 
but where it, there is some margin, whereas in the high end, very, very high end with low yields, uh, it's very low margin and very, very yeah. uh, high price. I mean, the good thing is it, it seems like with the growth of Steam over the last five or six years, the last generation, console generation, really, it's like the opportunity for PC graphics is there. It's just shifted from the $600 cards to the $250 cards in a lot of as, cases. As it always has been. Yeah. 200, $150 to $250 is the vast majority of people playing games on PC, um, if, if that, yeah. if, if they're even discreet. And NVIDIA has uh, has the best single GPU video card right now. Uh, AMD has in their, uh, in their documents, uh, and both formally and informally, said that they are sticking with the 7000 series graphics on desktop. That will be their focus for the majority of 2013. Who knows what will happen at the end of the year in December. Um, but Lloyd last week said that this was the case, not because they couldn't compete with NVIDIA, but because they wanted to focus many of the resources on APU and being in next-gen consoles. Yeah. Um, so, because it's, it's, it's just to be clear, it's been kind of a, a, a not secret secret that that AMD is making the at least the graphics for all three consoles, and they have made the graphics for two of the consoles. Yeah. In last-gen, yeah. Wii, and 360 all both use AMD. Yeah. Um, PS4. use PS3 use PS3, Nvidia. Yeah, sorry. Um, and then in the current gen, Wii U and PS4 use uh, AMD graphics. And and, and now AMD CPU as well on the PS4 because of their APU. Right. So let's talk about their APU because Sony actually did get very specific. Uh, in the like surprisingly specific. And yeah. also in press releases about what hardware is going to be in the PS4, which to be fair is still currently being finalized, which is why they didn't have any hardware. Specs are subject to change, was what the, was what the, the press release said. Okay, so what's, um, what's inside the PS4? Uh, it's an 8-core x86 Jaguar CPU from AMD. We said that before. And a... With APU with Jaguar... Yeah, so so we talked about graphics. an APU last week, I assume. Yes. But the idea is it's CPU, GPU, and it's almost like a system on a chip, but it's more like a PC on a single package, in a single package, not necessarily all on one chip. So if you look at one one die, yeah. one big, it, it's a monolithic die, so it's under under the heat sink. It is both the, the x86 graphics, or x86 CPU compute parts, and yeah. also the graphics parts arranged in a way so that they can share memory and have no bus between and, them. And unlike some of the, the old dual-core packages from Intel from 10 years ago, where it was two pieces of silicon under under that... What, you know, what you think of as a CPU when you're putting that in your computer can be one piece of silicon on on that on that package. It could be two or three or four chips under there as well. In this case, it's one one piece of silicon, which gives advantages in latency and and bus speed between the the different parts, right? And 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 also that uh, they don't need to compete with the high end x86. Right. Uh, AMD's has never been as um, recently has not been as fast as Intel's uh, core processors. Uh, but for consoles, they don't need that. Yeah, uh, and they don't need the top of the line graphics either. What they are more concerned about is uh, power efficiency, mm-hmm. um, scalability, and cheap manufacturing. Yeah, and Jaguar is designed so that it can be fab basically anywhere. And Microsoft, PlayStation, and possibly Microsoft, likely Microsoft, will shop around to to get find the cheapest factories. I mean, honestly, since the Radeon forty eight hundred, I guess that was the first that used this kind of current architecture. Um, probably almost five years ago, I guess in two thousand eight or two thousand 
uh, AMD has focused a lot on power management more so than raw performance, and they're getting performance by scaling and adding more units that are more power efficient. Where Nvidia has just gone for crazy clock speeds and 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 balls to the except wall. Except for the Kepler. Except for Kepler, yeah. Um, so uh, eight eight core x eighty six sixty four. Uh, you know, AMD 64, um, Jaguar CPU. And then there's also a Radeon GPU in there that has, I think, 16 or 18 compute clusters. I can't remember. Um, I don't know exactly the number of uh, compute cores, but the idea is that uh, each core has a certain number of stream processors, and then you multiply that out. So, um, it's- Well, it's, it's a little more complex than that, because where the existing consoles have dedicated... Well, the 360 doesn't, but the 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 compute clusters the shader cores in the compute clusters are all universal so they'll run they run shader programs they're not specific to vertex or pixel or geometry shaders they'll run they run shader code and you can do that that allows you to do specific things that are a little bit different um yeah it's it's unclear how many shader units are inside the, the cores i think it was 18 compute cores but I, I don't have it in my notes that apu that jaguar apu is relatively comparable to what AMD will release on consumer side, also for PCs, but you can't compare a PC that you build with what's the hardware that's in the PlayStation 4. Yeah, they're, well, they're describing this as semi-custom, and the reason it's semi-custom, the, the main reason from what I can see is, well, they, they're definitely adding some dedicated coprocessors to do things like H.264, well, decode obviously, but also encode, and we'll get to that in a little bit. Um, the other thing that's making it, that makes it semi-custom is the memory controller, which you know when you build a chip like this, and the memory controller is is absolutely tied to the type of memory you choose to use. So if you want to use DDR3 SD RAM, then you have to use a DDR3 SD RAM controller in this chip. They're actually using a GDDR5. Uh, memory controller and memory on this, which is which gives them much more bandwidth between the system and the memory than than you have with DDR3. It, it, you know, it's, this isn't a situation where um, if you buy 16 gigs of RAM on your PC, you will say you can have more RAM than on your PS4. You absolutely can, but the but the speed, which is what matters, the bot with the bottleneck between the system, the CPU, the video card, and the memory, which is how all of this stuff talks to each other, is one of the big defining characteristics. Of of performance on on this type of machine, it's much faster memory, and it's also a lot more memory, which is a big problem with the last generation. Yeah, it's well, it's, it's I think it's uh, it's yeah, it's sixteen times more memory, faster memory, integrated better integrated with GPU and CPU. Yeah, than with the previous. The, system. the equivalent on memory performance is, um, and I'm and I don't have the throughput in front of me. I should have it's one hundred seventy six terabytes a second, I think, or something like that. Um, the difference is it's an order of magnitude faster. The difference is the speed between the GPU and the video card memory and the speed between, between the CPU and the system memory. So um, by having by removing that memory bottleneck or, or pushing it back, it gives the people the oper- developers the opportunity to do things that are, would not otherwise be possible. Um, for example, the CPU can write directly into the into memory used by the GPU and vice versa, which is something that you really can't do in a typical CPU GPU system without a, a, P, a normal PC without suffering severe performance uh, um, problems. Um, and then, from a development standpoint, it's developers can develop on very standard hardware. Yeah. Well, and the, and the other thing is it also allows things that are memory bandwidth intensive, like say anti-aliasing and anisotropic filtering, to be essentially free. Um, when you have that kind of memory bandwidth, those things are all memory bandwidth, fill, fill rate limited, which is a function of memory bandwidth. So, 
Um, it, it's it's yeah, it's it's going to be really interesting. It's, it should be a much easier platform for developers to build on. So hopefully that means we'll avoid the problems that we saw with uh, things like Unreal Engine early in the last generation on PS3. Um, and and the like Norm said, the amount of extra memory available here should should make um, if you. If you stayed and watched that press conference, saw the clip reels, and I assume that a lot of you guys watched the press conference, we won't, we won't recap that stuff. Um, but some of those games, especially the open world game, uh, Watch Dogs, mm-hmm. looked substantially better than a PC open world game. Than a, well, than a current generation console open world game ported to PC. Uh, just because they were able to use more textures. Things that, weren't stream, geometry and textures weren't streaming in. Yeah. They're, they're able to use things like higher resolution displacement maps for things like cobblestones and bricks. So that stuff looks better. And the, and they're using a higher quality, higher, higher fidelity techniques to, to render that stuff. So it, it's, it's good. Like that's good. Volumetric fog, which is a big memory intensive thing to do is going to look, should look much more awesome if people actually use it. Um, it's on a, on a hardware from a, from a pure power perspective. It's really interesting. And like you said, it's, it's, it's always disingenuous to compare these closed systems to comparable speeds and feeds on the PC side because the bottle when you shift bottlenecks that are as crucial as things like memory bandwidth and, and speed between the CPU and the GPU, yeah, and, and middleware, it it um it, it changes the it's it changes the it makes it an apples to oranges comparison rather than an apples to apples comparison. So um, so that's the hardware. That's the core hardware. Uh, did we? Uh, it's going to have a hard drive. That's kind of obvious. They didn't mention anything about SSDs or flash yeah. memory or anything like that. Um, I I would guess for cost. It'll it'll probably be a, a regular hard drive. It wouldn't surprise me if they put like a relatively small amount of flash on there for for caching disks and stuff like that. But yeah, it's it's. Uh, I mean, you know, the the, the processors are the stuff that makes it really interesting. Yeah, the fact that you can sleep now. Um, so you don't have to boot up. I mean, because it's, these, it's, these consoles are theoretically always on. So a low power draw sleep mode where you update in the back and do things in the back yeah. while not running the full cores. Yeah, I mean, right now, because right now when the PS3 wakes up, if you're a plus subscriber to download updates or whatever, it actually turns all the way on. And if it's in a cabinet or something like that, it's going to heat up the cabinet. So that's a, that's a big improvement. It seems like they've taken a couple of cues, at least from, from tablets and phones and the instant on nature of that stuff, which is good. Um, you know, I, I don't think that stuff has to turn on faster than the TV can change channels, but as long as it's close, that's good. Uh, the dedicated H.264 encode, I think, is really interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I like watching you know, game s- streams. Similar, similar to what NVIDIA has on their Kepler chips, on the 600 series chips, and what they're using for um, Project Shield, and right. streaming stuff to Project Shield. Because on, on a Kepler chip, there is dedicated H.264 encode, that they can tap into, so you just pull stuff from the memory buffer and encode it, and throw it up as video. Yeah, it just in, in case you don't know, H.264 is the is the default kind of video internet video standard right now, um, and it's used for everything from YouTube to Netflix to Apple uh, compression standard. Yeah, it's it's the video compression standard of of choice. Um, it gives pretty high quality at a relatively low file size. Um, and, and the challenge with it is it's a little bit demanding. Intel has similar technology on their on their post Sandy Bridge CPUs. Um, but it, it, when you do hardware accelerated encode, it basically can happen in real time or faster. Um, it's the thing that lets AirPlay work on Macs and, and iPads. Um, so that's good. They're going to tie that to, it seems like Ustream right now, I would guess there will probably be a Twitch TV tie-in before launch that they just have, have to work out the deal. Mm, I don't, you know don't think that. so? Uh, they, this prominent Ustream. Maybe, maybe Sony is the Ustream channel and, and Xbox is the Twitch channel. I would, would 
Yeah. That okay, could be it. Yeah. Um, would not be surprised. The upshot is you'll be able to share, you'll be, it seems like you'll be able to stream, stream your play session to the internet. And you'll also have like a DVR functionality where record last ten seconds or I think it's ten minutes, ten or ten or thirty minutes. I've heard differing re- reports, um, but you'll be able to hit hit a button on the controller and then kind of go back and find if something weird happens in in a game you're playing that you want to share with friends. You can hit the button and blast that up to YouTube or or UStream or whatever. All right, so let's talk about the controller. Okay, because this is how you interact with. Your I game. I didn't watch this part of the press conference at all because I was Dual in the shark. car. Okay, Dual Shock. Uh, old Dual Shocks will not be compatible with the PS4. Great. This new Dual Shock is a little bit heavier because there's a little more stuff on it. Um, biggest change is that there is instead of a start and select button, start and select buttons are gone. Okay, replaced by option button and touch screen. A touch screen? A two inch by one inch touch screen. What's the touch screen for? They didn't really demo any games that huh. use it, but there is a small touchpad. It's very similar textured like the back of the Vita um, okay. on top of the controller uh, where you would normally have your start select button. Is it in the middle? Like it's, it's middle, right middle square? Mid- no, it's a rectangle. Two inch by one inch. Okay. Um, so thumb accessible. Okay. Um, it's, a, it's a real weird place to put it, that. It's top. It's not a displayable screen. It's just a, a sensor. Yeah. Um, and then on, oh, so it's just a t- it's like a it's like a touchpad, not even a, touch a screen. Pad. Yeah, I, I don't think it's a screen. I think it's a t- yeah. I think it's just a touchpad. Um, at least from what I saw in the the, the photos. You, do you, I mean, do you think this stuff? Do you think it's far enough out since this isn't until holiday of this year? Is this still subject to change? They, I mean, the only photos they've shown of hardware is of controller, controller. and of uh, the, the new, camera, the new camera. Okay, so I think controller looks pretty finalized. On the back of the controller, there's a light. Uh, that kind of looks like it's a upside down triangle, um, and it can change colors to indicate players. Do you think it's to work with like I move don't style? Think it's to move work like move style. It's more like indicator. I assume it's still going to have accelerometer and gyroscope and stuff in there. Yeah, though. I think yeah. I think so. And rumble since they settled that lawsuit. Um, and uh, the triggers are now concave, not convex. Oh, thank so goodness! They are Xbox style. Um, oh, that's I mean, and, even if they even if they made that a regional thing and the Japanese ones were concave because I know that some markets prefer the concave. I I I really like I love the PS2 three controller except your, for the your, triggers. Your, your triggers your fingers yeah. off. Yeah, um, it's difficult to hold. Um, it, but it's still the two sticks at the bottom design, not a not an off axis one. Nope, two okay. sticks at the bottom. Um, and uh, yeah, it'll be a new controller that is. Or the PS4 only. Did it look like it was internal battery? Is it still going to be something you have to plug into the There's console? A, there was a USB, uh, a mini, like a mini USB, mini micro USB port. Oh, micro, not mini. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, it's micro. Okay. Yeah. Um, I, I'm I'm interested. You know, I the one thing I don't like about the PS4 controller is that you have to plug it in to charge it or buy one of those stupid docks. I like the ability to take my my rechargeable batteries and plug them into Xbox controllers. Um, that's that's cool. It's still Bluetooth, I assume. They, I can't imagine they'd back away from that at this point. And they have well, they they really want to decrease latency. Um, and and there's also a dedicated share button. Oh yeah. So dedicated share button is how you actually you, the button you press then to share to start sending your video up to your Ustream account. And I assume that's so that so that like it, so you don't miss something out of the buffer. Like if it's if it's constantly saving video footage on mm-hmm. the drive or on a, some RAM or something in the system. Yep. Then, then that gives you a faster way to do it. Then, so you don't have to drill through menus, basically. Yeah, which is a good idea. Yeah, you just press the button, and you're. I, I guess yeah. you, if it's set up, and I imagine because a lot of the stuff they said was still aspirational, you press the button, and whatever account you've signed up for on YouTube will just start broadcasting from your PS3. Okay, which is theoretically awesome because then you can watch that on any device. Yeah, anyone who follows you will get a notification, and you can yeah. watch it on PC, and it will make 
the idea of like a, a live stream, game live stream from consoles, which is very difficult now without dedicated hardware, H.264 encoders, like those, uh, the Black Magic boxes, mm-hmm. just built just into work. the system. Yeah. Well, yeah. there's some games that do that now. There are some games that will let you stream to YouTube or Twitch or something like that. But, but yeah, this is a, this is a big change. Uh, there's also, they're also finally adding a headphone, a mono uh, headset port on, the, headset on port the controller, on which the controller. is good. Uh, and part of that is because uh, they want you to be able to play games and let people provide feedback to yeah. you and for whether it's cooperative play or just crowd, crowd playing. Mm-hmm. So you can do things, whether it's one-to-one where if you need help in the game, you know, let someone take over your game, <sighs> give, give you the shoot that guy um, tip in the back of your ear. Yeah. Or you can let, get on-screen messages from your Ustream followers. Yeah. Um, I, I'm, I'm interested in seeing this in person. I, I'm hoping that they'll have that on the floor at E3. I, mean, I, I gotta imagine it'll be on the it'll, floor it'll, it'll E3 at E3 this year. Yeah. I mean, the big thing at E3 will be whether uh, X, uh, Microsoft will want to... I mean, I don't think Microsoft's going to announce before E3. Yeah. Uh, but they want to own the E3 conversation. Yeah. And big media, you know, mainstream media always looks to E3, looks for the one big story at E3. And Xbox, Microsoft wants Xbox to be the big story at E3. Yeah. yeah. Um, the they showed a, a couple of i PlayStation i. It seems like they're going to add a Kinect style, maybe not using the same technology, but using two stereo cam- uh, stereo cameras. cameras to do the same thing. Basically, eighty five degree cameras. Oh, that's good. Um, overlapping for stereoscopic, and I assume higher resolution than the existing Kinect. Yeah. Because God, please. Um, uh, they showed a couple of kind of cool demos using Move controllers. So the the um, Media Molecule guys, who are the I guess the Little Big Planet. Uh, team, or or the people who 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 developed Little Big Planet showed a kind of puppeteering demo with the the move that looked just super rad. Um, there were a couple of other things. There was uh, um, what was very clearly a static render path video that may have been rendered real time, but was um, not possible to not interactive at all. <laughs> Couldn't have possibly been interactive. Um, they showed a lot of ambient occlusion lighting, which is a, a kind of high-end PC graphics thing you see in games that are typically PC only currently. So that's that. That's yeah. It's, it's, if you if you put your hand to a light and the light bounces off the the edge yeah. of your hands and goes through your your skin, a kind of bit. halos a little bit on yeah. the edges. Yeah. Um, Rim lighting plus the. Uh, I mean, the interesting thing to me about console generations is that you see in the early part of the generation, you see developers trying a whole bunch of different stuff, and then they figure out what works. So in the previous in the in the Xbox PS2 GameCube generation, people used a lot of fog. Mm-hmm. If you recall, you know you'd, you'd have some games where the fog would go out, you know, tw- twelve feet, and and then things would pop up out of it. Um, we we and they do that to reduce the to to make increase the level of detail you can show in the area that's visible. Um, in the last generation, they they kind of tessellated stuff down and used depth of field focus uh, effects to get to get the same effect in a little less obvious way. Um, I think that the lighting changes are what we'll see this this go around, but I, we won't know for a year or two probably. Um, anything else you want to talk about on the demo front? I, f- I thought the uh, demos the were in the 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 Square Enix thing was Square Enix was, super pre rendered. That was last year's demo. It was the E three demo. Um, it was an E three PC demo. Jonathan Blow. I missed that part. I didn't. Get Jonathan to see Blow it, came out. People start freaking out if they knew who he was. I'm yeah. sure millions or hundreds of thousands of people watching online did not know who he was, and he did. He looked like he did not want to be there. Jonathan Blow doesn't give a fuck. He gave his presentation 
basically he couldn't say a word, he couldn't say, say a sentence without being passive aggressive against all the games that, that were shown before it, before his game. <laughs> I love Jonathan. And then Bar. in describing his game, he described his game in a way, and you could see him seething almost, because he was probably thinking, I'm describing my game, which cannot be described, Yeah, should not be described, and will only be described right now in a way that you could not understand it and should not understand yeah. it. And then watch a a trailer for this game. I watched the in, the incomprehensible clip reel, and and that confused everyone, and I'm sure made him not happy. So Jeff and uh, sorry Ryan and Patrick went and played uh, like a no the witness the pre graphics version of the because the way Jonathan Blow typically builds games is he makes what is essentially like an engineering he builds the game out and then adds art and, and afterwards. If you don't know, Jonathan Blow is the guy who made Braid, yeah, um, and was featured in Indie Game the movie among other places. Um, the Yoda of indie gaming. Yeah, he was the, he was the crusty old guy on the hill. Um, he, he, what Patrick and Ryan said was the game makes no sense at all when you first and play it, and five minutes later, after you after you sit down and kind of muddle with the puzzles a little bit, then it then it becomes very clear what's going on. Right, not um, something, to but it's something demoed. you have to experience. It's not something to to demo on on stage, you know, and given a few minutes to talk about yeah uh, uh, if you want to know more about that they talked about it in the bombcast a few months ago just go find that and listen to it he showed this demo which is the first time he's shown i'm sure whatever it's ps3 ps4 console exclusive but i'm sure it'll be on pc as well it looked like i think and, ps3 too uh or playstation console exclusive yeah. and then the reason he did that because because he had such a bad experience with xbox with updates uh for braid um if playstation wanted to it was clearly like a prestige move. Mm-hmm. If PlayStation wanted to, and like a fuck you Microsoft move, but if they wanted to really show off like support for indie developers, they really needed like a Super Meat Boy style developer, I, a, a game that's way more accessible, at least, and and something that you can show on screen, and it has well, had success. I guarantee you, we'll see that at E3. I mean, this I don't. I think I was surprised by how many people were watching this press conference live on the different streams. Tons. Millions. Yeah. Um, I uh, I I felt like. I think that that I think that Jonathan Blow was there for other indie developers, not for people who play games. Like I think they put him out there so that all the guys who are making indie games and thinking I'm going to put them on green light and get them out on Steam now feel like, oh, if Jonathan Blow is willing to put this on the PS4, then I am too. I don't know. Um, uh, the, the couple of other small things they're not going to do backwards compat for at all. At, it is. Well, they let's, didn't let's, mention let's, backwards compatibility. And they said that there's no hardware backwards compatibility. Definitely no hardware backwards which compatibility. Would, which would, given, just to be clear, given the, the technical, the, the under the hood changes in the GPU and CPU of this machine, it would be a substantial software undertaking. Or they'd have to just do what they did with the early PS3s and put a PS2 and a PS1 on inside, inside that machine. Yes. Which, which is they, crazy. They stopped doing two years after yeah. the PS3 came out. Even before that in some cases. Uh, and just just... It's that is probably a both a cost and a um and a board space decision because unless this box is going to be huge, the 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 eight gigs of DDR three come in five hundred twelve megabit modules I think so that's a fairly ridiculous number of um, plus plus they look they look at PSN they look at you know uh, Xbox Arcade and uh, the Wii Store and they know that people will buy old games yeah again. and so. The way they're doing that with old games in the store now is all uh, much of it is through Kakai. Well, but I mean, the other thing about Sony is I think that their backwards catalog is is much like if if you look at Microsoft and Sony and Nintendo, 
I don't think that theirs is the is the best of the back back catalogs. And they've done, not done a great job of bringing old games onto new platforms. They've done a good job with PS2 pl- forward games. I, I, I like I can't wait for like, those cl- classic PlayStation games to hit Android. Well, I mean, that's the thing is, who do I really want to like? The the early PlayStation games are early 3D games, and I really think that those haven't aged as well as oh, say 16 bit 2D games. Um, I don't, and I don't think that's a controversial thing to say. I mean, I if you look at Tomb Raider one today, it is not. It, you have to squint to realize that that's a girl. That that's the least of its problems. Well, yeah, yeah. Controls were bad. Cameras were bad. Like, I don't don't want to create. Yeah, don't, okay. don't want to play Crash Bandicoot on ps4 yeah the the original yeah um so but for the psn and they really talked about kakai yeah and streaming so kakai was there the on stream on 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 live live competitor uh basically streaming video games over the internet dave Dave perry yeah from Um, messiah mm -hmm. and earthworm gem yes um and kakai had before they were bought by sony uh the service was relatively limited compared to on live uh, and really used to show game demos. So but it seemed like it actually worked. Uh, it worked, and then the, the best case of it working, if you wanted to try it out back then, was the Mass Effect Three demo. Right. Um, you could load it up in a browser and play Mass Effect Three, like a little bit of it, or the full game. I, I think the full game even um, before then they were spot up by PlayStation. Yeah. By Sony. Um, and what they have they said on in a press conference was that they their intention was that everything in the PSN store you would be able to sample using streaming technology uh, before buying it. And time-based sampling has worked traditionally. Yeah, I mean, and and I think that gives you, I mean, demos are important, but I don't like downloading a, t- a 12 gig SimCity beta slash demo. Yeah, so you, you know, stream. And, and we talked about the, uh, the co-processors and, you know, PS4 games will let you download and start playing before the full game is done. Right. Now, now, it's important to note that some of the promises they made about the service um, have since been described as aspirational. Yes, with all this cloud stuff. So it's stuff that they want to do, but maybe aren't sure exactly how it's going to work. And, and quite it, yet. they said that said as much in the the announcement too with their back with their back catalog. They said eventually they would hope that all of their library mm-hmm. would be emulated online or put online to stream over Gakai. And they never said anything about pricing, whether it would be a subscription service, whether it would be a la carte or anything I mean, like that. I have to look at what they've done with PlayStation Plus in the last year, since since E3 last year with the instant game collection stuff. And I, th- I think catalog stuff is a perfect fit for that. Because if you're paying 60 bucks a year, like I'm never going to pay for, for Crash Bandicoot or... or, or um, I, I, I they, see, would, they would want you to. They well, but pay, they'd rather me pay 60 bucks a year than pay $3 for mm, a 10-year-old game. I think they'd rather pay $10 for those 10-year-old games. $5 yeah, for 10-year-old games. Nintendo's bananas for charging $10 for 5-year-old games. For pay, pay them. HD remixes. I, anyway, uh, I like as a value add for a subscription service that makes a ton of sense for me. Even if it's just discounted version, even if it's, you I get half off on, on the game, well, that you get the demos, all, all the demos you want. I'm not interested in paying for demos. Well, I, I think it's not the way I roll. You pay for demos on Xbox Live. No, you pay for gold. Uh, yeah, but I pay for that for Netflix and that business. You you pay for Netflix. I think but, uh, just to be clear, I, I think guess, Xbox Live is a terrible value proposition but too. If, if you I get mean, to, if you want to get those demos, you're paying you're paying for demos. You you know what I'm talking about the instant game. Like right now, if you pay for PlayStation Plus, you get a copy of Infamous yeah, Two. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. yours yeah. as long as you continue yeah. to subscribe. Yes. Yeah. I think I think the I think the kind of semi Netflixy model of that that as long as you continue to pay for this, you get access to that content. 
is totally is totally the right way to go well, about the reason that monetizing that content. Yeah, they made you pay plus pay for the game. Yeah, and I mean, when you're talking about a game that's ten years old and they've already squeezed all the blood out of that turnip, they're going to get if they can use that as an incentive to get you to pay sixty dollars a I year. Think you think they've? They I think I, they've squeezed all the blood that they okay, get. Okay, fair enough. This that. is a larger a, philosophical remix, conversation. Up the graphics. Well, that's a different thing. Bucks. HD remix is a different thing. Like when you when when Nintendo goes through and 3D eyes is legend Ocarina of Time, I don't think that's probably a fifty dollar game, but I think it's probably a thirty dollar game. Um, same thing for when Sony did Shadows of the Colossus and Eco in in that HD remix. I think, I'm totally fine with that. I think Sony's looking at Microsoft and seeing that they can get away with people, millions of people paying sixty bucks a year for this access. Yeah, and they want to do the same. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I think that if their strategy is to not bottle not lock online play behind that, then it's a good thing for them. Especially if they, especially since it seems like they've taken the lessons on the controller and have the headset, which, which everybody, I mean, I, the headset on the 360 and the way that just plugs in and it's still wireless and the wires connected to your hands is fantastic. Works great. So no backwards compatibility at launch, at least hard, hard, uh, yeah, with no this. hardware. Um, so you'll be keeping your PS3 and people buying PS4s will have PS3s and PS4s and two big PlayStation machines, assuming the PlayStation 4 is around the same size. I'm buying futures and, and HDMI switches. And yes, we saw you tweet that. And I think it's not a big deal. I think, you know, I, eventually I, a PS3 will get phased out. It's, it's another Blu ray player. I, so I bought a PS3 that had software back compat. I bought yep, the Metal Gear Solid yep. one. It's the one we all bought. Yeah, because it was, it was the first time it was a reasonable price for a PS3. And I was kind of interested. bucks for the. Or, it was like it was five hundred. It was still expensive when I think the about PS3 it. PS3 with the bigger hard drive, but you get MGS. And I think you got two controllers, but maybe you only got one. I can't I remember one controller. Um, the upshot was I bought that because I was afraid that they were going to go lose back compat, and I wanted to be able to play. I did not PS2 care games about back compat at all. I put PS2 games into that machine twice. Yeah, do do not care at that point. Yeah. You're just oh, playing new games. That was the first bundle that came with the with the with the vibration controller. Prior to that, they didn't have it because of the the emotion thing. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll, but I don't think back compat matters. It was different also because back then, I think you could also play PS2 games on PC. You mean with that blue bleem. bleem thing? I think that was already gone by then. Okay, that was just PS1. Yeah, PS1 um, and Dreamcast. Yeah, didn't didn't play PS2 games much at all on PS2. I, play, I put Katamari in a couple of times, and then I put Eco and Shadows of the Colossus in, and well, then the HD scale, remake came scale, out. scale really that well. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's, that's the, that is that's the my point. If they're not going to re- render at the higher resolution, then I'd rather play them on a, on you a PC. You want your brain, you want the experience that you thought you had. Yeah. And in many ways, in many cases, the way to get that unless you're really hardcore retro, is to get an upconverted version. Yeah. The, the, the thing I will say is that the, um, like the, the Wii, the back, back compat on the Wii is, and the Wii U is a bummer because I was hoping that I'd be able to play Skyward Sword at, at HD resolution. Turns out they're probably going to resell that game to me and, as an HD remix at some point in the future. Yeah. Um, it's fine to keep old consoles around. I mean, the thing is, you put keep them in a box games. in the garage, you keep and you pull them out when you want to play. Your old consoles yeah. and put them on one box, and make sure you keep all the power cables. Yeah, well, the PS3 power cables is easy. It's just a normal PC PC three pronger. Um, they didn't. They they said they're going to allow used games. There was a lot of rumor yes, going into this used about games will be fine. No, about used game, games. GameStop is not in danger. I think GameStop's in danger, but not because of no used games on the PS4. Um, and that's that. I mean, that's pretty much it. I think that's. I, I don't think we missed anything huge. I'm sure people are going to say that we did. Um, I, I, I think that. I mean, the, the larger question is: Do you think 
that there's still a place in the world for consoles in in a post iPhone iPad world. You know, console tablet, oh, uh, phone tablet. And I think they're they're doing they're they're borrowing less from iPhone and iPad with PS4 than they are from the stuff that makes PC gaming really great. Well, and and made the Xbox pretty strong last generation. Well, same with Xbox, but mostly PC with this sharing and streaming stuff. Yeah, everything requires trophies. And, yeah, they have to have trophies from the beginning. It's great. Um, I I think I, I mean, well, what I, we're seeing, what we saw less of though in the presentation was games that really broke the mold of your classic PlayStation game. Well, and we also didn't see a whole lot of services stuff. They didn't talk about things like Netflix and Amazon and, well, no, and video streaming services a little bit, but not yeah, they, not they a, a ton. Whole big like it was like a slide, you know, streaming services yeah. and everything from Sony's uh, Love Music, Play Music, whatever the, the Sony iHeart Music, um, and uh, to Netflix and Amazon. But the, I mean, the thing that the thing that's interesting about new consoles is, in order for them to take off, they have to sell a fair number of them to people who are willing to pay for them without a whole lot of games available. Because, um, I mean, there's no reason to buy what I assume is going to be a $400 machine at minimum. I think $400 has to be the price that the good console Yeah, that, Yeah, there's maybe but, a 300 or 350 that's kind of gimped. I, I actually, looking at supply stuff and the supply on the DDR5 memory, I, I wouldn't surprise me if they only make one SKU so they avoid the Nintendo problem where there were a ton of white the the less desirable white we use, and none of the well, black we for, use for a PlayStation. That makes sense. Well, I don't know. I don't know how well Xbox the arcade version sold. It sold really well, but that was the you mean the original arcade version? Yeah, the one that you really couldn't do anything unless you bought a hard drive. Yeah, uh, I think that people are still very price conscious, and four hundred dollars is a lot to ask the holidays when you have lots of options. Right, when, when and when you're looking at a two-year upgrade cycle on phones and tablets and stuff like that, a lot of times for a lot of people, um, I I think that the the thing the reason the Xbox 360 arcade version sold really well is that there were a shitload of hard drives in the channel, and the only way to get an Xbox for a long time was that you had to buy the arcade version. Like really? the the premium ones were really hard to get at launch for three months. Four hundred dollars is still a lot to ask of anyone, but if if you're approaching this and if you're I'm more interested in the PS4 than I was in the PS3 at launch. Yeah. And PS3 had a Blu-ray player. Yeah. Um, well, there wasn't a lot of... Remember, at PS3 at launch, the Blu-ray HDDV thing was still going on, though. So, yes. like, there was no... Blu-ray was not a sure thing at yeah. the PS3 launch. Yes. Yeah. Um, I, I'm really... Well, the, I mean, there is no, nothing in this PS4 so far that is the... That makes it double as something else. So, you bought the PS2 right. because it was a DVD player also. You got that big bonus. They don't have PS3, a crutch this time. And it was a big... It's still my Blu-ray player at home. Yeah. And PS4, I'm sure will play Blu-rays. It does. But what is the... What what's is the they, crutch? What's, what's the crutch? Yeah. They, um, streaming. I, and, and you know what? If they, if, they got, if they get streaming right, and it's probably too late for Microsoft in their Xbox designs and Durango's designs to put that in as a one-button I would be stunned if Microsoft doesn't have a... It's not too late for them to change controller. They can always they can always relabel, but the they probably controller. could do a dedicated H.264 processor and and, and get I'm sure it has a dedicated H.264 processor. And you know what? If the, the, I mean, at this point, an H.264 like, encoder it, is so cheap. There's no reason not okay, to do it. It is three months, three and a half months away. Yeah, I'm I'm sure that it will be there, but the condition in which we see it at E3, yeah, uh, will let us know whether it was a reactionary move. Oh, absolutely. I mean, the, the, the danger of going first is that they give Microsoft time to, to pivot, especially this early. 
the thing that they do have going for them is they can wait to announce price until afterwards. And, you know, I don't think it's, I think it's unlikely, but it's not out of the question that they would drop the amount of memory and, and drop the price if Microsoft comes out with a very aggressive price on the, on the next Xbox. No, they the said, Xbox they, they said eight gigs. Sub specs, all specs subject to change. They, they made a Mormon. big deal out of that. I understand that. I think I, developers will be very unhappy. Well, what if developers look at it and say, look, you know, it turns out with the super high speed RAM, we don't need as much. Mm-hmm. It's but less think, important. It's going to be another five, five plus years. No, I know. It's a, it's a long generation. They're really thinking forward thinking. Um, I don't know. It's a, it was an interesting press conference. Uh, it went on. It was a lot better than I thought it would be in terms of hardware. Yeah. I mean, and services. I mean, lots of great, surprising things. More than just, hey, we're doing, you know, Move Plus. Well, and, and, and the thing I would reiterate is with the high speed, with, with what is insanely high speed memory attached directly to both the GPU and the CPU, because I believe that in these APUs, they share the memory controller, right? The memory controller is, is at least in the PC versions, the, the memory controller is shared between the GPU and the CPU, which allows for interesting stuff to happen. Um, the opportunity to do novel, novel stuff that's not really possible across a PCI Express bus and a PC is 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 definitely there, and is is um it's worth being excited about. So, uh, so yeah, that's PS4 at least what we know so far. Um, do you want to want to roll on and and talk about Titan some because Nvidia yeah. rolled out their new thousand dollar video card holy shit thousand well they had a thousand dollar I know but th- does, nobody buys thousand uh, dollar video cards. No, people do buy thousand dollar video cards. Who buys rich, a th- rich people? Oh man, I wish you I buy a three of them. Um, so last week I could trade my car and get three video cards. <laughs> Your car is only worth three thousand. The sable? It's a sable norm. <laughs> oh my god! The second car. <laughs> that's a good trade. Yeah, I, I mean, I feel like that's a win. Sorry, Gina, we're back to one car. You're stuck at home all day, but uh, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Um, last week, maybe we, five. Video we talked cards. about. Uh, Nvidia not resting on their laurels. We had actually uh, we'd taken the briefing, so we we knew that they would be coming out this week with the GTX Titan, and it is um, undeniably based on specs and benchmarks now the fastest single GPU card um, ever made. Uh, it is based on oh ever made is bullshit because it's always the fastest. The new one is always the fastest sure, one ever made significantly. It's, and but, yeah, is it like five percent faster? Is like thirty percent faster? It's as fast as the GTX six ninety, which was a dual GPU which is a board. dual Kepler two six eighties clock down. Um, and it's it's based on Titan, which was in their supercomputer architecture. Mm-hmm. Um, they're very they're making very very limited quantities of this. It is for, and they're manufacturing it themselves, right? And they're manufacturing themselves, so they just sell the board, sell the cards to OEMs who can put stickers on them, but then okay. reskin them and then sell them out the channel. Uh, it's for people like Robin Williams, who says, "I want the best gaming PC." Yeah, here's five thousand dollars. Buyer, yeah. manager, go buy me. Makes make me something cool. And then the guy goes to Falcon Northwest. Yeah, and maxes out everything, and in maxing out everything, gets this is three gets. GTX Titans. Got to be really loud. No, really, it's not loud. How Kepler, is it not loud? Kepler was so Kepler was kind of loud. No, Kepler's Kepler six five series. Oh, my five eighty is hella loud. Yeah, your five eighty because you're in Fermi. Yeah, Fermi was loud. That was the first of the of the of their their GP their, GPU processors, right? The Fermi first real one. was the was a bigger process, and they Fermi was clocked really high, super loud, and kind of remember what the five. The 500 series, mm-hmm. um, the the GeForce um, 
5,000 series yeah. was not very good. And 6,000 series is great uh, after that. Um, you're, so you're talking about the DX8, back. DX9 yeah, transition. Yeah. yeah. Um, Kepler has been great, great performer, and uh, actually relatively quiet. Yeah, I'm super happy. I mean, just to be clear, that card's about two or three years old at this point, and I'm still super happy with it. And they, they both AMD and NVIDIA have um, speed management to clock up based okay. on t- TDP. Like least, speed step or whatever. Yeah, on it's the PowerTune on, um, on AMD side and... Uh, or, no, PowerTune on NVIDIA side. And it, it doesn't matter. It basically, they adjust clock speeds based on performance requirements, right? No, based on, on TDP. Okay. So when you say that the max max temperature and watt pool of card is X number of watts, uh, if a gamer doesn't need that much, then the software automatically... Uh, the drivers will clock it up and overclock so you reach... Your maximum two hundred and fifty watts. Oh, so it's even aware that say Saints Row the Third is less demanding than Skyrim, and yes. will clock up the card for Skyrim, so but you, not for Saints so Row. So you get so you get higher frame rates, uh, but then you get you're using your card at full power, and you can disable this obviously, and it'll scale down the same way. So you're always oh, your clock speed is managed by your TDP. In Titan and Kepler moving forward, uh, your clock speed is not managed by TDP; it's managed by temperature. Oh, so, so it's actually measured. It's internal card temperature is measured. So when you say you have a uh, set temperature of 85 degrees or something, if you're playing a game like Skyrim and it doesn't drive up the card to 85 degrees, yeah. then it will clock speed up and, and until it, it hits and, 85 and degrees. Until you hit 85 degrees. Hmm. Because Celsius, 85 right? Celsius, because that's the point at which the fan starts kicking in. Oh. And so it only, you can set it so the fan never kicks in. Ooh. And the fan never ramps up. The fans are always spinning. Man, I would, I would up linearly. If I could get something that performs like my card when the fans ramped up without ramping up the without fan, without ramping up the that's fan. magic. Thousand dollars. It's not worth a thousand dollars. Triple SLI. I just put the machine in the other room. That's knock a hole in the wall. Yeah. It's much easier. And, and um, that's why with water cooling, and you can there are water cooling blocks set this. You can really jack up this card. Yeah, I gotta imagine that if you put if you put three of these in a machine with a big water cooling kit and a radiator, you can do awful terrible things um when is it out it's out now it's out now um you might not know. benchmarks uh we didn't get a card no they they, they, they didn't give us cards. a thousand dollar video card uh it, it's it's for the super super premium market yeah we're we're not the super super premium market um do you want to talk about htc or you want to keep going on uh, it's, yeah HTC, uh big new phone uh, big, big being the operative word well no it, i mean how big was the htc one x Five inches, four and a half inches. It's huge. A little over four and a half inches. Bigger than Jesus. Same thing as HTC One. HTC. This is their their flagship phone for this year. It's the HTC One, and it's a four point seven inch 1080p phone. As all flagship phones are now 1080p. Um, giant. I think twenty three hundred uh, watt hour or milliamp hour battery. So it's basically like an iPad One, half of an iPad One battery in a phone. Um, and it's aluminum back. It looks like. Oh, you think it's just aluminumized? It is a unibody, aluminum unibody. It looks like an iPhone five. Yeah, I, I mean, I have to say, like, I appreciate that they're going out and using metal instead of plastic for and has it the same chamfered aluminum edges. I like the chamfered. Oh, the the ones on the front. Well, the one on the, top. the one X had kind of chamfered plastic edges. So instead of plastic on the one X, it's all aluminum. On the back, you have the same uh, ridges, uh, the same cuts on the top and the bottom. Except you know on the back of the oh, for five, the for the antennas splitting for the antennas, but it goes all the way around now. So they're going to get same. sued. 
Uh, but it's it's like it looks it has some design elements from the One X also in that it's a curve on the back. Is it edge to edge screen? Uh, I do not believe it is edge edge screen. Okay. Um, and has your standard Gorilla Glass and and all that stuff. Uh, I mean, HTC makes nice phones, and I, think, and I think their version of Android is is the least offensive of them all. A one point um, seven gigahertz Qualcomm processor. Yeah, so they're going after Samsung. I mean, the, the thing that they've fucked up in the last five years, four years, is yeah. that they let they had an early lead in Android phones, and they gave it up to to Samsung, Samsung. with the Galaxy this, S series. This is a a stab at the GS three slash GS four, and we all anticipate GS four being announced next month for release in April. Yeah, and that's going to be a 1080p phone. I mean, this is the year of 1080p Android phones. Yeah, with big batteries, big chips. Um, Samsung with their own chip, Qualcomm with their own chip, Tigre four. And, and you know, battery life is going to be another big thing this year. So, so when I was jacked up on morphine in the hospital, I was using my phone a lot because I didn't want to lift the iPad. Um, and the thing I noticed on the phone, especially even on the iPhone five, is that the response time on the screen is not particularly awesome. It's a it's five hmm? on the iPhone five on the iPhone five and on the iP- on on the mini especially, but on the iPhone five even like when you scroll, there is. Um, there it's not frame rate hitching. It seems like it's ghosting on the on the panel. And I, my because I've been thinking about what the next what's the next thing that that the phone manufacturers can push since we're reaching the limits of resolution, human capacity to distinguish re- resolution improvements. And I think that response time is probably you know Apple's already gone into the gamut stuff and is talking about you know true representation and stuff like that. I think we'll see uh, refresh rate as the next as the next front in. In uh, response, pixel response time rather as the next front in in phones. I wish we should talk to Ray about that. It would be a good conversation to have with him. Um, do we want to talk about the pixel? We, we're we're running a little no, short no, no, on. No, oh, no, let's, no. Let's, so, uh, uh, HTC. Well, the big thing also is the camera. So oh, just like the pure oh, right. view, the uh, just like Nokia has pure view on their camera, which is you know they're crazy. It's like multi sampling for pictures. It, exactly. Basically. Um, they have this uh, on HTC's phone. Uh, it's called Ultra Pixel, and basically they have the same size sensor as what's in a normal. Uh, camera, except it's only four megapixels. So the pixels are bigger. Same physical size, except only four million pixels. Therefore, you get oh, so you have less better noise light. and better light pickup. Better light pickup. Four megapixels is totally fine for images you're going to post on yeah. your Instagram. But theoretically, they will look better. And actually, on a phone, I think smaller resolution isn't necessarily a bad thing when you're talking about limited storage space on the phone and, and, and stuff like limited that. bandwidth upload yeah. stuff because everything's uploaded in less than 1080p anyway. Yeah. Um, also, they have this thing called Zoe, or Zoetrope or something where if you take a picture or shoot video, automatically save a um, 1080p few second clip, Vine style, so your thumbnails are all videos and then you go into the video and pull your pictures out of that so it's nokia is something similar with um and black yeah. bear is something similar also it's to let you get better pictures um of moving stuff yeah moving stuff yeah um I, I i mean i think it's i'm interested in what what's happening with android phones again in a way that i hadn't been the, the, in a the big problem with this one all, all the stuff is that they're all jelly bean 4.12 not even 4.2 yeah um and if Samsung announces a phone in March and HTC has their big Android phone for the year now and Bubble World Congress is coming up and everyone's announcing their phones, I.O. is going to come out and then we're going to see the next Android. But it won't come out until the fall or winter even. I mean, the new new releases typically are every six months. But this, we had the small one already and we'll see the big one in the fall, right? And we'll probably see the next Nexus phone out mm-hmm. in the fall. Is it LTE and, and what networks? Yeah, 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 yeah. Is this uh, GSM I, for the HTC phone? I'm not sure uh, which networks. Okay. Um, 
Google rolled out their Chromebook. Like this, this happened while we were on the plane yesterday. Maybe while we were traveling yesterday, it's it's ridiculous. Uh, so if you remember earlier in the month, there was a uh, I think it wasn't even a Russian firm, some marketing firm. A YouTube video went up online. It wasn't even YouTube. It was some other video hosting site. But it showed a product, a commercial for a product called the Chromebook Pixel about a high-density laptop made by Google, made by Google, not not a partnered laptop company, not like a Samsung. And it, it, I thought the commercial looked real. But because it was a leak, everyone said it was fake. And then if you went to the the uh, the website where it was theoretically hosted, it, yeah. was, it looked like some big marketing scam or some some viral video some guy just made because it's very Apple like ad. Yeah. Um, turns out that that Chromebook Pixel is a real product, and Google announced it yesterday, and it's on sale now. Thirteen hundred dollar Chromebook. That's ridiculous. Let's start off with that, um, which is the price of more higher the price than a Ultrabook. A yes. perfectly good Ultrabook, like Lenovo Yoga, uh, and about the same price. I think a hundred bucks less than your MacBook Pro with Retina thirteen inch. Yeah. Um, now it does have a twenty five sixty by seventeen hundred resolution uh, touchscreen, three by two aspect ratio, not sixteen by ten. Okay. Um, so you can use Chrome touch optimized Chrome, like I, for example, on the Yoga, I use Touch Chrome. Which I thought was not as good as um, Touch IE. Core i five on the inside, mm-hmm. thirty two gigs of so it's a real state. laptop running a fake OS. Yes, well, thirty two gigs of storage. How because, much is usable? Well, because it's Chrome, Chrome OS. <laughs> yes, yeah, so it's, it's probably it's, really it's small, all, right? It's all on the web. Um, I I can't like I look at this thing and I don't understand what the five the, hours of battery life. That's it. Five hours. That's what they say. So if you take the twenty percent off, probably I think I bet four they, hours. I bet it's actually five hours. I gotta believe. Not with this. That th- if, think of that screen. Think of. Think of I just. It looks really nice. It's a really pretty machine. I wish that. I wish uh, Microsoft made it. I wish it ran a real OS. I, I, yeah, I wish it had Windows Eight and a touchscreen. God help me. I can't. It, it does have touchscreen. Okay. Well. I, you wish that Still, it was Windows 8. Yeah, Windows 8. So I want to find, see if people Of course, if it was this. Windows 8, it would have like four gigabytes of space free. So probably that's not a good thing. $1,300. That's ridiculous. It's a netbook with a real processor. Well, it's not. An, it's, it's, it's a browser. It's a netbook. It's a browser. It's a browser. It's a browser. You're paying $1,300 for a web browser. For the physical incarnation apps. of a browser. Yes. They're not going to sell. This is gonna, they're going to sell fewer of these than they did at the queues. I think they're going to sell more of these than they did at the queues. You're out they're, of your I mind. Mean, they gave away more queues than they sold. They didn't sell any queues. They gave them all away. Yeah. If you pre-ordered a queue, you got one for free because of your optimism. They didn't charge people they for didn't the charge queue. People? No. What? No. It was all free. All free. Oh wow. We really messed up by not ordering a queue. Wow. Yeah. Good thing Google flush with cash. <laughs> yeah. The stock's over eight hundred bucks. Um. Uh, speaking of Google, hey, what would you do if you had Google Glass, Norm? If I had Google Glass? If you had Google Glass, um, what would you use it for? That's a very good question. Uh, uncomfortable moments in the men's room? You know, my life is all about uncomfortable moments. I know. You know. Every time I go into the men's room, I not only have uncomfortable moments, but I fantasize. To get out of my uncomfortable moments, I fantasize of, of creating Don't a TV show. Don't fantasize in the men's room. I fantasize about creating a TV show, Larry David, Curvy Enthusiasm style, yeah. about uncomfortable moments in the men's room. Did you like it's a series of uncomfortable conversations in the men's room? No, we could no, do a no, video no, series on this no two conver- stalls. No, conversations do not happen, but 
it's all about what's internal monologue of what goes on in the men's room. Mm. This could be a video series. Hmm. Yeah, this we shouldn't talk about this anymore. Huh. This could be a Friday show. I would not use Google Glass. If I had Google Glass, it would not be to make uncomfortable moments in the men's room even more uncomfortable. <laughs> hey, what's um, what's that? Yeah, no. Um, I don't know. I don't really have real use for Google Glass. Would you wear Google Glass if you had a set of Google Glasses? No. I don't think so. Uh, so they released a video showing what seemed like actual footage from the glasses. It was all a montage of all, because Google Glass is being made tested right now by Google employees yeah. and other people. And some outside and friends. And all that video is now, or a bunch of that video is cut together in this promo reel. Um, except, that was a produced video, just to be clear. It was a produced ass produced video. Produced, like, yes, but I mean, the clips were short. That's why they, they could edit it down. Yeah. Um, to only the best moments. And the, the top right-hand corner, that was fake overlay to what you theoretically see. Yeah. Um, wearing Google Glass. and The idea is to give you the experience, uh, give people watching on YouTube the experience of Google Glasses, yes. wearing Google Glasses. Yes. Um, and they showed things like skydiving and handling snakes and, and playing marathons and kendo. And and, yeah. It was a bunch of stuff that I never do. I'd probably just take pictures of the baby and the dog. I'd go paintballing. Paintballing would be good. Yeah. Actually, paintballing might be a real expensive mistake. So the the takeaway from this is for, for for a sucker can't paintball. Well, you get shot in the in the Google glasses, you might be I real sad. Everyone will be wearing Google glasses. Oh, that'd be really cool. Yeah, that would be good. Um, and you hang out with everybody on your team so that you can see what they see. Yeah, it's like it's or, like no, it's or, like or aliens there's a, shit. There, there's Overlord watching everyone. Yeah, and then you know, see, see, what was the guy's see. name? in aliens. Which one? Aliens. Aliens. The sergeant. The lieutenant. The you know, simulation. Forty eight in simulation. One actual combat drop. Um, Which actor? The, the the lieutenant, not the sergeant, but the but the rookie lieutenant that got knocked in the head and then uh, Vasquez almost shot. Not Michael Bean. Gorman. Okay. Gorman. Um, the video is really compelling. Uh, the video is a tease. I would not say really compelling. I am is compelling. How, how much is Google Glass? I'm not for a developer kit. I'm, what I'm saying is taking, uh, setting aside the insane cost of the developer kit. Okay. The the promise of camera there, ready to go all the time, is very interesting to me. Um, and I think the the idea of ambient information in a way that actually works, rather than having to hold up your phone and do the stupid thing where you aim the phone around, is is kind of interesting as well. Makes you a good, great mugging target. It does make you a good mugging target because clearly you have more money that, than does sense. That, does that? <laughs> Does it counter the uh, the iPhone mugging? Because people who wear white earbuds are targets of muggings because muggers think that they have iPhones. Yeah, and iPhones sell higher on that secondary yeah. market, and so iPhones get mugged. iPhone users get mugged a lot more than Android users. Mm-hmm. But if you're wearing Google Glass, they know that you have an Android. Yeah, phone. so it's reverse. So here's the that, thing: Does that counter the, the muggers' logic? You know the secret of of of. You, do you know how you fix cell phone? muggings entirely australia did it years ago yeah you put uh you can't you, once you once a you report a phone stolen to the carrier the phone it, it's not dead useful. yeah it no longer works you, right but uh, um, you know what people who buy secondary phones don't know that well they would very quickly you'd make one mistake and then it would never happen yeah, again it's killed killed entire the, secondary the market phone. would fall apart for stolen phones which would which would solve the problem entirely. Same thing would happen could happen for if Google Glass muggings become a problem. Google lets you report the glasses stolen, and then the they're dead forever, and nobody mugs people anymore. Um, anyway, they still have not explained. You know, they they demoed some of the the voice activated 
instruction stuff and the gesture based stuff, but they never still have the nav stuff. They showed some nav. How, how it'll integrate with your phone in your pocket. I mean, it's the unclear. phone in your pocket will be the processor driving it. It seems like the phone in the pocket may, yeah, may be the processor driving it. It may just be the uh, internet connection even. Uh, reports are that battery life on the dev kits is pretty grim. Uh, there is uh, there's a rumor that Warby Parker has been contracted to design they make glasses. fashion glasses for glasses wearers who want Google Glass, which I think is really interesting. Um, and if you didn't go to Google I.O. and weren't able to pre-order a kit last year, if you there is a way to if you go to the Google Glass project site, you can uh, there's a contest to enter yourself to win an opportunity to pay fifteen hundred dollars to get a pair of Google Glasses all your own in the dev kit trial phase along with the people who went to IO. So um, and basically you have to tweet or post a Google Plus message that says if I had glass Google glasses, here's what I'd do. Um so yeah, that's out there and is a thing you can do. Norm is disappointed. Uh, other things that are crazy, uh, some guys that reached out to us a few months ago, and I, I can't wait to see this in action. I think they're going to come to San Francisco in the not too distant future. Have built a pen that has basically a 3D print head in it, so you can it's extruder pen. It's an extruder pen. You can. They're calling it a 3D printer pen, which is doodler. I think a little little disingenuous, but it, it is. A thing that you can use to write plastic, write with plastic, basically. And then you can take those 2D constructions and attach them to each other with the heated end of the pen. I think it's a big failure. I mean, it's already a huge success on Kickstarter. Yeah, it's a massive Kickstarter Massive Kickstarter success, but I think people are very disappointed with what they get. You know what I'm excited about it for more than anything is repairing plastic stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Adding, filling in the holes with ABS plastic of stuff. that You're going to use it for that much. It's going to be glue. Here's here's the thing. You can use that more than you're going to draw the Eiffel Tower. I, I think you might not draw the Eiffel Tower. I think that the idea of taking 2D stuff and make, using it to build, to convert 2D stuff. You know, we talked about this with Adam. The idea that if you can convert 2D stuff into 3D shapes, then you can build pretty much anything with any material. You just have to learn the specifics of the material. The best case scenario demos they had. Yeah. Photos of things they've built with that. They did not do a good job with that. Not very It was good. a little disappointing. Yeah. Um, I, think it, I think craftspeople will probably go bonkers for it. Um, I also do not want to hold a 220-degree pen extruder pen it looked like it was pretty well insulated like they very clearly had spent time on that design stuff it's uh, people are going to burn their fingers i'm going to go ahead and tell you after the kickstarter stuff's done and when they made a product out of it it will be in michael's it is a michael's product okay um but like i have i have four or five places in my house where some some giant plastic thing like the like the vent on top of my microwave oven somebody grabbed it and broke it loose it's it, it's impossible to glue because of the way the plastic warped. But if I could just weld the plastic across with the extruder pen, it solves that. It fixes that for me. And and it, the part is one hundred twenty dollars. The three D extruder pen is seventy five. That's an easy decision. Hundred bucks now. Whatever. Hundred hundred bucks is a yeah. fair price to sure, pay sure, for the ability to sure. to poop plastic. It, out. It's a neat thing. Then we should we should get it in and we'll, yeah. we'll test it out. Um. Uh, do you want to talk about Chris Anderson's we Maker's book? We are running really short on time because we have to run out. Let's okay. talk about Adam's build okay. real quick. Do you want to do this um, in what we've been testing? Sure. Hey, Norm. Uh, you and Adam. Well, well let's, you, let's apologize first for a short podcast today. Yeah, we're, we're really short on time. Uh, both because of traveling and also because of other obligations. Yes. That we have to be at. But we really wanted to talk about the PlayStation 4 stuff. Um, but yes, uh, while you were out, uh, we went over to Adam's um, on a holiday. And uh, and we Adam had this great idea that w- we've done many K videos before. And um, 
we've shown things he's already built and things he has acquired um, and things in the process of being built, but not a like build. midway in the process, midway, not but, not yes. being built, but nothing being built, yeah, and especially nothing being built from start to finish. So, yeah. um, Adam currently has this obsession with boxes. Um, yeah, you're not kidding. And uh, he built a box from start to finish, from pieces of wood to completely finished. And when I say finished, I mean actual. There's finishing on the box. Um, <laughs> In one day. So we should we should say, sometimes you go over to, to Adam's shop, and while we're setting up or something, he'll say, hey, look at all this stuff I got. And it's like, in this case, it was a box of box hardware. Like the like the little metal corners that go on the edges of the box to make it le- less likely to crack. and Clamps, hinges, hinges and, the whole thing. Yes. And sometimes it's like a, a bunch of pieces of plastic from some Japanese kit bash thing. Or you know, there's all sorts of, like, he frequently has random weird stuff that then will be integrated into a project at some indeterminate period of time in the future. The box thing has taken off in a big way for him. So we have some more box videos coming. Um, I think next week we'll have another one where, where he weathers some stuff, where we, where we talk about weathering some. Uh, but the, the one-day build is really interesting because you get to see him build the whole thing. And not only see the, him build the whole thing, of course, there's some, some thought and planning um, before he starts the build in, in the form of sketches. Yeah. But there's a whole thought process that goes on. And mistakes are made. It is, hands get grimy. And this whole workshop t- dirties up. And, but he, he spurts around. And it, it, it's the, it, it's, it was very, very cool just to watch it happen, it's, both in real time and also in the video. Um, and we'll talk more about stuff. A lot of people have asked about shop safety. We're going to talk about that with him yeah. in the not too distant future. Um, it's it's definitely worth watching that video. I think it's I think it's one of the coolest things we put on the site so far because not often you get to see somebody who builds who works that way build something. Um, uh, let's see. You've been working. You you've been testing a Mophie case. Uh, yes, on? I'll probably have the review next week. Um, I don't want to give it all away. I would say that it. Fulfill, it does everything it promises uh, in that on a day where I am using the phone very heavily and have very little access to power and on tra- tra- while traveling, um, it gave me a full day charge where I otherwise be you know down to the five percent. Yeah, um, we uh, people have asked for a scale update for the smart scale update. I've been using that Withing scale. I used it long enough now and was able to calibrate it versus a doctor scale it's awesome i highly recommend it it's very good it's about a hundred bucks we'll be doing the reviews um, we'll soon. do a video of that soon um but the tweeting weight thing has worked really well for me it's and 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 the uh other one does not tweet weight the other sure. one the other one doesn't tweet with the, tweet the fitbit weight. one um i'm also people fitbit have also Aria. requested a conversation about what i've done to lose weight over the last six months so i'll make a post about that real soon All right. um don't eat junk food it's not even don't eat junk food. It's don't eat don't eat stuff that's bad. The short the TLDR is don't eat stuff that's bad for you that you don't really love, and only eat things in reasonable portions. Yeah, I mean, like I'll have a I'll have ice cream, but I won't have a pint of ice cream. I'll have a a, a portion size of ice cream. I know you're 27. You can eat pints of ice cream. 28. 28. Um, uh, uh, my Nikon uh, lens adapter for the NEX is my new favorite thing in the world. Um, I'm using my old Nikon manual lenses, which are awesome and far superior to the Sony lenses, at least the ones that I'm willing to pay for. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, like you can get a, a great 24 millimeter, which is equivalent of like a, a 32 millimeter um, Nikon AIS lens. 36 millimeter. It's 1.5 with this adapter because of the distance. So 24 divided by 2 plus 12 is 12. 36. Oh, yeah, 36. I said 32, didn't I? Um, but a F, an F2 
32 millimeter lens for like 250 $350 versus a thousand for the sure. Zeiss lens. Yeah. Um, it's really good. Uh, highly recommended if you have one of those nice cameras and, and go to flea markets and junk stores and look for those old lenses you can find all over the place. eBay is probably the most expensive place to buy them right now. We'll probably be buying a couple other cameras too to uh, test. But micro Four Thirds. Uh, I don't, you don't like, think so? I don't like Micro Four Thirds. Uh, APS-C, Samsung. I think Samsung's the next thing we're going to test. Well, let's, it's worth renting some so we have some perspective as new stuff comes out. And I bought a 60. Yeah, I heard that. It's coming in today. Really? We'll talk about it next week. Okay. Because we're running out of time. I can't wait to hear about that. Uh, I think we're going to skip questions this week. We have a, a couple of good ones, but we're a little low. We have a lot of good questions for Adam. Not a whole lot of good questions for, the, for this is only a test. Um, I guess that'll do it for us. Uh, make sure you check out the one day build. Uh, make sure you check out uh, Norm and I went and Joey went to the, to Rancho Obi-Wan a few months ago uh, up in Petaluma and saw, I think what is, what it's safe to say that's the largest collection of star Wars memorabilia in the world. It is. Um, it is. If you are into star Wars and a real original trilogy and Chewbacca and Yoda and stuff like that, you should, you should check out those videos cause they are amazing. There's a ton of stuff. Like it, it, it was a a lot of it was a trip back to my childhood. A lot of it was stuff that I've never actually seen in person and have only read about. Um, like the like he has the original Kenner uh, action figure box. You know the thing that they sold in 1978 because they couldn't get the action figures ready in time for Christmas, so they just sold a box that was a complete set of action figures except for it was empty. And you sent it in to get the action figures. Crazy stuff. Um, a bunch of big custom models. The master replicas, a lot of the master replicas stuff, a lot of the uh, 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 FX stuff, um, a lot of custom, amazing custom models that were just made by fans. Um, it's a, it's an amazing uh, video, and it's a, it's a kind of, it's an off the beaten path tour. So you, you may not get there, but it's definitely worth checking out the video. Um, anything else we want to talk about? I think uh, that's it. That's it. Uh, we'll PlayStation Four. Yeah, PlayStation Four stuff. Uh, we'll be back next week with another episode of This Is Only Test. If you want to find Still Untitled and you don't know where it is, it's on a new feed now. It's on iTunes uh, or on tested.com slash podcast. You can find it there. Uh, we appreciate reviews and that kind of stuff. It's always good. And uh, we'll see you guys next Thursday. Bye. Bye. Hi there. I didn't see you. Wait, wait, wait. I got to do the outro. Drove up with my van. I was like, "Hey, kids! Any of you want some ice cream?" Use that was a dupe. Yeah, we've used that before. Oops. See you guys next week.